today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That veil has been torn. I have unfettered access to him. I don't have to wait till Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, one day a year. I can get in to the throne of grace. And by the way, it's a throne of grace, not judgment. And what do I find at the throne of grace? I find mercy. I'll take that too. And help in my time of need. And I can go anytime I want (laughs) because of Christ. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. The problem with the covenant of the Old Testament, as well as Catholicism and other factions, is that it did nothing to bring us closer to God. In fact, it pointed out how distant we are from Him. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that there's nothing between us and Christ. You can talk to Him any time and He'll be there. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. He removes our sin, removes, not covers, removes our sin as far as the east is from the west because there's power in the blood. That blood of the Lamb that was poured out for you and me is so powerful that it could take away the sins of all mankind and remember them no more. That's power. That's power. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. Because he knows that if you know that, it's game over for him. He no longer can condemn you and accuse you because that's his sole purpose. I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's move on to number two. It's in verses 12 through 18. Satan accuses, Jesus forgives. Here the writer reiterates everything he's explained commencing in chapter 7, actually from chapter 7 through chapter 10, verse 18, he's been explaining all of this in detail concerning our superior high priest, Jesus. In other words, when Jesus offered himself for all time, one sacrifice for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of God because it was finished. What's finished? The work. What work? Oh, we've got sins to pay for. I paid for them. They're forgiven. Oh, come on, not so fast. Too good to be true. Well, God is too good, and God is true. All my sins are forgiven? Yeah. So, I don't need to do anything anymore? No, it's already been done. It's already finished. So I really messed up this last week. I blew it again. Man, 
I can't keep going back and asking God to forgive me again. I mean, I even made a vow to God. I even promised him, God, I'll never do that again. By the way, whenever you do that, I'm sorry for pointing, I'll I'll do this. (laughs) Whenever anyone does that, how's that? I just, I picture the Lord in heaven going, don't do that. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are going to do it again. But I got it. I paid for it. Wait, (laughs) you mean if I sin again, it's already paid for and I'm already forgiven? Yes. Can you imagine you sin and again, no, not again, yes, again. And you go to God and you ask for forgiveness and and then God responds with something like, you did that again? How many times have I told you? I've had it up to here with you. No. God's not surprised. Yeah, but I, I, I can't believe I did that again. Oh, I didn't know that you were trying to achieve sinless perfection, this side of glory. Oh, let me, let me see if I got this straight. You, maybe you're one that wants to get to that place where you can say, well, I have no sin. I have arrived. <laughs> oh, so John said, if anyone says that, they're a liar. And the love of God is not in them. I think we do err greatly. And, and I know what you're thinking, because I can read minds. I'm getting some, something over here on this side. No, I'm kidding. I can't read your minds. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, though. Pastor, with all due respect, if you tell people that all of their sins are forgiven, they're just going to sin with impunity. It doesn't work like that. Here's how it works. You sin, and then God in His grace and His mercy and His love forgives you of that sin. That does something to you. I'm forgiven? Yeah. Yeah, but that was really bad. I know. <laughs> I, I forgave you. I paid for that. Do you want to see the invoice? It says paid in full. It's stamped with my blood. I paid for it. He must really love me. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Romans 2, 4 says, it's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. When you've tasted of that cup, and you've been on the receiving end of God's forgiveness and His grace and His mercy, who wants to sin against that? I don't want to do anything that would grieve the heart of God. It has the opposite effect. When you've been forgiven of sin, you will never want to sin against love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Okay. Are we okay so far? So now what do I do when I sin? You said it's done, so there's nothing to do. First John 1 John 1.9, 1 
It's been referred to as the Christian bar of soap. I love this verse. I own this verse. So do you too, so don't look at me all spiritual. The Apostle John says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, stay with me on this. That's a pretty good deal. Because if I'm reading this right, all I have to do is confess, and He'll forgive and cleanse. Where do I sign? See, the forgiveness is instant. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you can't ever sleep and take a nap uh, here. You can after. (laughs) Um, And by the way, if you do nod off, don't worry about it. That's not a problem. The problem would be if I nodded off during my own sermon. That would be a problem. But I digress. The forgiveness is instant. But the enemy is right there going, I don't know, this might take a couple of days. You might want to lay low. That was really bad. You know what? I would keep my distance right now. I would just kind of lay low and I wouldn't pray right now. Just wait. And I sure wouldn't go to church. Oh my goodness, if the person sitting next to you knew, don't look at the person sitting next to you. He got you. See, we only need to be in that state for as long as it takes to get to the cross, where that sin was paid for in full. Forgiveness awaits instantly. Can you imagine? What's God going to say? Lord, forgive me. No! (laughs) What? No! You're forgiven. Confess the sin. And by the way, confessing your sins carries with it the idea of confessing that what you did is sin. Does that make sense? See, because we we don't call it sin anymore. You know, I have some issues in my life. Issues. Oh, if we confess our issues... Didn't that sound so amicable? Oh, just oh, he just has some issues. No, you have sin. <laughs> Example, adultery, right? No, we don't call it that anymore. We call it an affair. Oh, oh, it's just an affair. No, it's sin. It's adultery. You sinned. See, as long as we don't acknowledge and confess the sin as sin, it's hands off. How's that working out for you? See, unless and until, it's kind of like, you know, on the other side of it, we change the label. So we, we have something we want. We take a need label off of something and and replace the want label. And then now it's a need, because if it's a need, God will provide whatever I need. I saw you switch the labels on that. Well, it works both ways, right? See, unless and until we confess it as sin. God, I sinned. That was sin. I confess it as sin. Okay. 
God's faithful and God's just. And he'll forgive you instantly. And then he'll also, at no extra charge, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's the cleansing, purifying work of the Holy Spirit who indwells us and empowers us to live a holy life, a pure and holy life. Well, it's this last one that I want us to spend the remainder of our time on together, and it's in verses 19 through 22. Satan condemns, Jesus cleanses. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the hardest truths for Christians to grasp, what the writer of Hebrews says here would have to be it. I know in my own life, as I've shared, I so wish I would have understood this early on in my Christian life. Specifically verse 22, concerning drawing near to God with full assurance. It's 416 Hebrews. We can approach His throne of grace boldly, not arrogantly, boldly with confidence. Why do we have such confidence? Because He did it for me instead of me, and now that veil has been torn. I have unfettered access to Him. I don't have to wait till Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, one day a year. I can get in to the throne of grace. And by the way, it's the throne of grace, not judgment. And what do I find at the throne of grace? I find mercy. I'll take that too. And help in my time of need. And I can go anytime I want <laughs> because of Christ. I no longer need to carry around the guilt of my sin. If I'm carrying around a guilty conscience, boy, that'll eat your lunch, by the way. I don't want to get into the details of this, but a lot of problems emotionally are due to carrying guilt. It just destroys you. This is the way God made us. It affects every part of your body, your digestive system, your cardiovascular system, your nervous system, everything. It'll eat your lunch. By the way, uh, bitterness, we're going to talk about that uh, in Hebrews as well. Don't let bitterness take root and germinate and sprout. It will defile you. It will destroy you. And, and never imagine that God is saying, don't do that because I'm God and I said so. No, it's God saying, don't do that because I love you so much and I can't stand to see you needlessly and unnecessarily suffer or be crushed under the weight of guilt when I've already paid for it. And this need not be. It's been said, well said, aptly said, that sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. God wants good for us. He doesn't want us to suffer unnecessarily. By the way, the Ten Commandments, one has affectionately referred to them as the tender commandments. Thou shalt 
have no other gods before me because I'm God and those are no, no gods at all. They'll never be there for you. Thou shalt not commit adultery because it will destroy your relationship and it will never be the same for the rest of your life. Thou shalt not commit murder. Why? Because you will be haunted and hunted for the rest of your life. Thou shalt not covet. Why? Because again, it will eat you from the inside out. Covetousness is insidious. Every single one of the commandments. It's a loving heavenly father saying, don't do that because it's bad for you. And father knows best. (laughs) And I love you and I I want what's best for you, and I'm trying to protect you, and direct you, and even redirect you away from something that could be harmful to you, and hurt you, because if you hurt, I hurt. You know how it is for parents and grandparents, right? I mean, it's been said, this is really uh, interesting, a parent is never happier than their saddest child. Think about that. Man, my son, my daughter, is struggling or hurting, (laughs) you're killing me. It kills me. Can't stand it. When our children were infants, they would cry a lot at night. (laughs) I still don't think we've slept. Uh, It's been 23 years now, but... (laughs) And... This is back when there was this teaching going around, uh, let them cry it out. I'm like, whoa, let them cry it out? What if something's wrong? They're, They're crying for a reason. No, let them cry it out. And don't bring them into the bed with you. Let them stay in the crap. Shut the door. Turn off the baby monitor. Well, my wife and I decided, you know what? We need to get some sleep, so let's try it. You know how long I lasted? I'm talking about me now. Yeah, maybe two minutes. It might have been more like a minute and a half. My son's wailing in there. I'm like, what's wrong? Everything okay? Come on. It's okay. It's okay. Here, honey, nurse him. (laughs) And interesting, he stopped crying. Hmm. Can you imagine if God let us cry it out? Whoa, I'm going to end it right there and leave it right there. I think you got that one. He hearkens unto the voice of our cry. Now, there's something here that I, I really need to point out, and it's, it's so crucial. It's not just that we've been forgiven of our sin, and cleansed from unrighteousness. Not only has Jesus cleansed us from all of our sin once for all, so too has he cleansed us from the guilt of our sin once and for all. We need to delineate between sin and the guilt of sin. Romans 8.1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6 verse 14, the Apostle Paul is writing, and this is a 
one of those verses in the Bible that at first read, you could read it and go, oh yeah, praise the Lord, I'm under grace, not the law. But notice what he says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now again, at first read, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Sin shall not master me or have dominion over me? Wait, I still sin. Is this saying I can be sinless? No. Okay, if it's not that, then does it mean that the temptation to sin no longer has dominion over me? No, because if that were the case, then Jesus, who was tempted in every way that we were and are, then he would have sinned. If it's a sin to be tempted, it's not a sin to be tempted. James says that you sin when you're tempted and you give in to the temptation. Then you sin. <laughs> oh my goodness. If it were a sin to be tempted, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, you fired. <laughs> I'm out of here, man. T tempted. And, and so are you too. You're sinning right now. So if the temptation to sin is sin, what hope do I have? Nah, it can't be that either. Okay then, pray tell, what is it? Ah. It's not sin, otherwise we'd be sinless. It's not the temptation to sin, otherwise Jesus would have sinned. It's the guilt of sin. So let's reread this now. For the guilt of sin, the condemnation from sin, shall no longer dominate you, master you, have dominion over you. You need no longer allow the guilt and condemnation of sin to be over you, because you're under grace, and that sin, once and for all, has been paid for. Okay, why is it then that I struggle so much with the guilt of sin? Paul is saying that the guilt and condemnation of my sins no longer have to rule my life. And the reason why you and I still struggle with guilt, guilt can be a good thing if that guilt drives me to the cross. When guilt is not a good thing is when Satan builds this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation to keep you from Christ. That is his sole goal when you and I get saved. See, prior to getting saved, his sole goal is to keep you from getting saved. And then you go and you get saved. He's like, ah, we lost another one. Regroup, emergency meeting. J.D. got saved. What are we going to do? Here's all the demons of hell. Well, he can't be unsaved, so we're going to have to, like, you know, change our strategy here. He's come to Christ. Let's distance him from Christ. Let's create something, build something, do something to keep him from the one who forgives him and cleanses him. And as long as we can keep him from the cross, we got him. Because then he's living under that guilt. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Only me true to